0: alive. Welcome, everybody. It's great to have you with us at Church Unlimited. I know that many of you got along to the New Zealand Beyond Conference. I'm sure you enjoyed it and you loved it. And we want to give a special welcome, uh, joining us this morning, to Church Unlimited, uh, Kaitaia and Whangarei. And we have uh, one of our conference speakers with us this morning that was just a, a great blessing to us, uh, both in Christchurch and in Auckland. If you didn't hear the messages, I encourage you to get a copy of them somehow through our information desk to hear the, the messages that were brought. Uh, just blessed our conference. We're so thankful to God to receive manna from heaven and be touched by God through his word and by his spirit. I want you to stand with me, please. Can we give a fantastic welcome to Wayne cadero from Honolulu and the US of A to share God's word with us today. Aloha.
1: Are the best. You may be seated. Wow, I just flew up here. I was so excited. <laughs> and Pastor Talk, you do need to change that shirt. Uh, <laughs> Adrian, wash some others for me. <laughs> hey, today I want to welcome each and every single one of you. The conference was amazing, over the top and beyond. Yeah. And uh, the volunteers just, just impressed me so much. Every single one of you had a wonderful smile, you did everything with joy, and that's what attracts people. Always remember, a mind can reach a mind, but it's a heart that reaches a heart. And when you do what you do with all your heart, everything changes. I tell our servants at New Hope, I say, when you wash a table or wipe a table, don't use a washcloth, use your heart. When you hand out a bulletin, don't use your hand, use your heart. When you sweep the floor, don't use a broom, use your heart. And everything changes from humanity to eternity that fast. Because God uses hearts. Well, I want to talk to you today In the few moments that I have about something that hurts or destroys our hearts and we're all of us are prone to it and that's being offended how many of you have ever been offended raise your hand yeah yeah the rest of you are lying and that really offends me I'm just offended but I want to talk to you about offenses and the miraculous I want you to see with me that when the offenses go high, the miraculous goes low, and when offenses go down, miracles go up. It's, it's in converse tension with one another. And sometimes when we're offended, we don't realize that it has more to do with our future than our past, more to do with miracles than it does somebody's mistake. and It's absolutely critical. And it's often not how we see it. Well, I have a right to be offended. Well, you may, may be in the natural, but there's something far greater. We don't always see things the way it seems. There's a story about a guy who went to the doctor and said, Doctor, my wife's hearing is not good. The doctor said, Why? He said, Because when I talk to her, she doesn't answer. Well, he said, How severe is this problem? He said, I don't know. He said, well, why don't you do this simple test? He said, what's that? He said, tonight, just go to the kitchen and stay a distance from her and say her name. What's her name? A Mary. Just say, Mary, what's for dinner? If she doesn't respond, take three steps. Take three steps and ask her in the same voice, Mary, what's for dinner? And if she doesn't respond, you keep going closer and closer until you tell me how close you have to be before she can hear then I'll know what to prescribe. Oh, this guy says, that's so wonderful. I never thought of that. So that night he goes home. Mary's cooking in the kitchen. So he goes to the edge. Mary, what's for dinner? She doesn't answer. Mary, what's for dinner? She still doesn't answer. Mary, what's for dinner? She still doesn't answer. He gets right up to her ear. Mary, what's for dinner? She turns around and she said. I told you, this is the fourth time beef stew, beef stew for the fourth time. It's not always as it seems. It may not be their fault. It may be our problem. Offenses and the miraculous. Some time ago, I was in a restaurant. And a pastor came whipping around. He sat in the chair right across from me. And he said, you're Pastor Wayne Cadero. I said, yes. He said, I've read your books and I listened to you on the radio. I said, well, that's fine. He said, do you have any more books? I said, not right now. He said, I need them. I need them. I said, why? He said, our church is in trouble. Do you have another program like a magazine or anything? I said, what's going on? He said, well, I took over the church last year. And uh, I've run out of programs. I don't know what to do. So I said, well, how was the transition? He said, not good, not good, not good. I said, you mean the passing of the baton was not, not good, not good. I said, well, tell me how did it happen? He said, well, one day the pastor came up, put his Bible down on the podium and said, could I have the board members and elders stand up? They stood up and he said, these are the reasons why I'm leaving this church and left. I said, no way. He said, yes way. I said, that didn't happen that Sunday. He said, yes, I was in the front row. I was a youth pastor. And that's why I'm the pastor, because it happened that Sunday. I said, it didn't happen that Sunday. He said, yes, it did. It happened that Sunday. I said, no, it didn't. It happened one or two years before. And when people got offended, and they never let it go, and it has brought death. It didn't happen. It surfaced that Sunday. It didn't happen that Sunday. It happened weeks before, months before. I was in uh, Palestine. Uh, I go there. This is my 18th year. I take tours there and study tours. And I was uh, up by Bethlehem talking to some Palestinians. And I said, why do people um, put bombs on themselves and, and blow themselves up? And they said, well, because you take our land. I said, We? Yes, you. I said, when that happened? They said, well, you came down and destroyed our cities. I said, whoa, no, when was this? They said, the Crusades. I said, the Crusades, that was 1099 AD. <laughs> yeah, but that was you guys, you're Christians. I thought, let it go.
0: <laughs>
1: so I'm going to introduce a new chorus to the church. It's from the Cartoon frozen, let it go, let it go. That's our new chorus. Out of Mark chapter 6, Jesus gives a little story of what's going on, and, and it'll come up on board. When that pastor sat across from me, he said, So what do we do? I said, You know, for the next year, don't start any programs. What? Yeah, just go around and anybody that you see you have an offense against, forgive. Just let it go. And ask people to do the same. What? Yeah, in fact I said, maybe you should stop having church services and just do that for a while till, till the slate's clean. And he looked at me and he said, who are you to tell me to quit having church services? I said, oh, did I say I said that? Oh no, Jesus said that. He said, where? I said, in In Matthew chapter 5, it says if you go to the altar with the gift and there you find out and remember that a brother has an offense against you, leave your gift at the altar, go make it right first, and then come back and offer your gift. In other words, Jesus was saying having clean slates with one another and healthy relationships is more important than just having church. Because it has to do with something called the miraculous. In in Mark chapter 6, we find this. Jesus was coming in to do some things in the town, and the people stopped and said, Hey, who is this teaching? In fact, it says this. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took what? They took offense at him. And the result? And he could do no miracle there except he laid his hands on a few sick People and healed them. And he marveled at their unbelief. unbelief. Oh, if God ever marvels at us, I, I don't want him to marvel at our unbelief. Now it said they were offended. They took offense. And so he could do, not that he didn't want to do, that he, what? He could do no great miracle. Did you know that the offenses impede the miraculous? Because they were offended. You ever been offended? Oh, we have opportunity for that. You're passed over for a promotion. Or you're not invited to a lunch and that you should have been invited to. Or you were sick and nobody visited you. Nobody called you. Maybe you were cut out of your family's inheritance and you're still holding that. Someone threw you under the bus and spoke poorly of you when they should have spoken better. Or someone abused you when you were young and they've never yet repented and that offense is in you. And the Bible says, And Jesus marveled at their unbelief. See, the thing is this. You will either hold on to offenses and let go of the miraculous or you'll let go of offenses so that you can take hold of the miraculous. Indeed, miracles are so necessary. How many of you could use another miracle? Raise your hand. Yeah, I need a ton of them. So, because I need miracles
0: yeah.
1: and a lot of them, mm-hmm. I can't afford to hold on to offenses because I need the miraculous. Do we need miracles in this church? Yeah. Then we have to choose. You have to choose. It said that of Jesus that you see, Jesus had so many opportunities to be offended, didn't he? I mean, you think about it. When he was born, they pushed his mother into the cold night. And then Herod tries to kill him when he's a kid. And then all the time growing up, all of his buddies are teasing him, saying that he's an illegitimate child. And then they continue and say, and your mom's a kook. Why? Well, she says, God conceived the baby. She's a kook. And then he's chased by demons. And when he gets on his own, he has no place to lay his head and rest. Foxes have their holes, birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place. He's despised by men, and he's hated by religious leaders. And then they trump up some charges. He has to endure false reports, trumped up charge, and they put him in with deceitful testimony, They put him into a trial, lie about him, and then he's murdered by torture. Do you think Jesus had opportunity to be offended? Way more than we. But he made a choice. And it's found in Isaiah as a prophetic or messianic prophetic word. And and it'll come up on the board, but in Isaiah 42, verse 4, it says, The choice he made was this. He will not be disheartened nor crushed until he's established justice on the earth. Do you think he had a chance or an opportunity to be be disheartened and crushed? Absolutely. But he made a choice, and so must we. Because we need the miraculous. You must say, I will not be disheartened or crushed until God fulfills his purpose in my life. Because once I hold on to offenses, all of that stops. I can't afford to hold on to offenses. I need the miracles of God more than you'll ever realize. It was even from the cross, do you remember, when Jesus, who had many opportunities to be offended, hung there, and he looked down at all of his accusers, and he said, what? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah, some of you say, but yeah, but Jesus doesn't know about me. I've been offended pretty badly. I've had an abortion, or I've been abused sexually. He's a man, he hasn't been abused sexually. He doesn't even know the pain of abortion. And I remind us, when Jesus went to the cross, he took all of the sins of the world on his shoulders. Not half, not 40%, not even 85% of the sins of the world. He took how many? 100%, all of the sins. So even the pain that a woman has gone through because of a sexual abuse, he felt that. He took that on him. The pain of a Post-abortion depression. He felt that. He knows. That's why in the book of Hebrews, it says, we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but he has been tempted in every way as we, and yet without sin. Therefore, we can draw near with confidence to the throne of grace and find help in time of need. Don't we have a great God? We have a great God. Because he's taken all the sins. He knows exactly when a young woman cries. He knows exactly what she's going through, because he took that sin on his shoulders. And even though he has all the sins of the world, he can still say, Father, forgive. Why? I'll tell you why. Paul the Apostle speaks of this. In fact, just a little later, Paul, who understands this, knows that, that forgiveness isn't an option. He has to. Why? To keep himself clear for the miracles of the gospel. Once he stops and and refuses to forgive and offenses kept, then the miraculous stops as well. In fact, let's let's take a look at this. 2 Timothy, it says this. At my first defense, Paul says, no one supported me, but all deserted me. Then he says this. What does it say? Read it with me. May it not be held. I thought, wow. Everybody deserts you. They all run from you. And you say, May it not be held against them. Why? He tells us in the very next sentence. So that through me the proclamation of the gospel might fully be accomplished and that all that the Gentiles, that they'll hear the gospel. You see, he's saying, he's saying I've got to forgive. Why? So that the gospel will continue to flow through me. You'll have a lot of chances to get offended. But you have to just keep it going. And let it go. Why? It's not because they were right or wrong. It's because I need the miraculous to continue to flow. That's it. That's it. It has nothing to do with how good they are, how bad they are, how good I feel, or how horrible that sin was. I've got to have my heart cleared because I want the miraculous more than anything else to flow through me. Because once you're offended, the gospel stops. If you're mad at somebody, you think God's going to use you to reach them with the gospel? No, you don't even like him. So you've got to keep that heart clear. There's a story of a lady that has, has an atheist neighbor, and the, the neighbor always is trying to offend her because she just loves God so much. In fact, in the morning, she'll get out in the, on her porch and say, God, thank you for this day! And the neighbor says, shut up! And thank you, God, for providing for me today everything I need. And the atheist says, shut up, you're poor, you don't even have groceries! Thank you, God, for providing for me today. Well, this goes on every day. This atheist is getting really mad. Shut up! You're poor! Thank you, God, for providing for me today. He thought, I'm going to really mess her head up. You know what I'm going to do? He went down to the grocery store, bought some groceries, and put it on her porch and snuck behind some bushes. And she came out, thank you, God, for providing for... God, you provided for me today. This is amazing. And the atheist stepped out of the bush and said, God didn't provide. I provided that for you. Ha, it wasn't God. And she looked at him. And she said, God, thank you not only for providing for me, but you even had the devil deliver it. <laughs> you can't be offended. Let it go. But you know what's worse? Than holding on to an offense is shouldering somebody else's offense. Oh, it's, it's, it's devastating. Yeah. Can't do it. You see, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that God gives grace to the afflicted. So, if this person has been afflicted, will God give him grace? Absolutely, according to Proverbs, God gives grace to the afflicted, which means I'll give you the grace to be able to handle it and forgive. I'll give you all the grace you need, all the grace in the universe. Now, if this guy is here, and I come, and I say, what happened? Well, so-and-so called me an elephant, an ugly gorilla, or whatever. And I'd, what? He did? That was terrible. He's an elephant. He's worse, than he's an ugly gorilla. Yeah, I hate him and i take and shoulder that person's offense and i say let's just gang up on him now was i the one that was afflicted no this other per- oh sorry this other person was afflicted right not me so if i shoulder his offense is there grace for me no there's grace for him now watch this i have an offense and there's no grace it will destroy you that's why the bible says see to it in hebrews twelve fifteen. see to it that no one falls short of the grace of god that by it a root of bitterness springing up causes many to be defiled and destroys a bunch of people so there's no grace for me so if someone is offended that's your friend what should you do you go and usher them to christ's grace god's given you grace you, you seek that. I'll pray with you. God will give you the strength to be able to overcome that. and That's the best thing you do. But don't you dare take that offense and thinking that's what friends do. No. Friends usher one another to Jesus so that they can apprehend his grace. Jesus uh, turns to a Syrophoenician woman, and she comes up, and this is just right next to this in Mark 6, and she's offended. As so it seems. A Syrophoenician woman who was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race, and she kept asking Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter. Now watch God's reply. He was saying to her, let the children be satisfied first, which means the Israelites, not the Gentiles. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. I thought, what? Calling her a dog? That offends me. But look at her response. This is so cool. But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. I thought, good on you, girl. That's amazing. You refuse to be offended or take any offense. And what was Jesus' response? This is amazing. He turns to her and he said to her, Because of this answer, the demon has gone out of your daughter. A miracle takes place. She refused to be offended, and a miracle is the result. Do you understand? Offenses and the miraculous. We need miracles way too much to take on an offense. Do we have opportunities to do so? Everywhere humans are, there will be offenses. There'll always be somebody that'll offend you, intentionally or unintentionally. But don't you take on anybody's offense and don't keep one of yours because we need the gospel to go through Church Unlimited. We uh-huh. need miracles to flow to and through this church so every one of us has a part. Let me finish with a story. My wife Anna is just the sweetest lady and uh, uh, she was, I, I was doing a wedding and she was coming to the wedding after me and because I have to go a little early and, and uh, set things up. So she brought her own car and she was going to come maybe 30 minutes after i had left well on the freeway going to the wedding she inadvertently cuts this car off she changes lanes and the car the driver in back of her got incensed and upset and this was a big lady now my wife is about only about this (laughs) tall and, and she's real sweet and demure and this lady was gargantuan and so She had a, um, what do you call it, a ute or a SUV? Yeah. Yeah, so she's got one of these big cars, and she runs up right onto the back of my wife's car, and my wife sees her, and she thought, oh. So she pulled back in, and this lady pulls right back in. She pulls out, and so finally she comes to the exit where the wedding is, so she takes the exit, and this lady follows her, right up to the wedding. She parks her car and she gets out and she's mad and my wife she's just so sweet she looks and she turns around and she thinks this lady came all the all the way to the wedding she must be from our church so she went up there and hugged her hi (laughs) and this big lady's like how what do you do when you're mad and someone hugs you (laughs) Said you cut me off on the freeway my wife said i did i'm so sorry And she hugs her again (laughs) And you could, have, you could have banged my car. She said, I'm so sorry, and hugs her a third time. By this time, this lady doesn't know what to do. She's okay, don't do it again. And she got in her car. <laughs> and I thought, there's a lady that refuses to be offended. And that's why God uses her in a special way. God wants to do the same with every single one of us. Do you have something that you need to let it go? let it go all of us do and it's not just a teaching on forgiveness it's a teaching on the miraculous i need god's miracles and you do too and maybe if we will clean the slates god's miracles will increase otherwise we can be like that pastor and have that church held offenses for years and it only brought death let's be a church that says god we want to be a people of the miracles. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen.